welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Now, drop it now, and we're back with the Pet Shop Boys. Oh! Except we're not the Pet Shop Boys. That's already a group, I think. That that that, that is a, a a a group that I believe is trademarked. Um, it has nothing to do with Zach and Griffin's. Although, pet shop. Hey. I think I think real quick, just want to clarify, they are boys with a with a with an S, right? Pet Shop. Yes. Can we so Pet we, Shop Boy Boy Z with, with a Z with a Z Pet Shop pet Boys shop with boys. a Z T M. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. I'm Griffin. Well, hi, I'm Zach. I want to bounce back because oh. we won't be B O Y Z. We're B O I S. Oh, Please. you're right. Pet Shop Boys. Boys. Anyway, okay, hi, cool. I'm Zach, and welcome to this episode. <laughs> How's everyone doing? I'm doing great. How you doing there, Griff? I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Uh, you and I have both had some a very long week. I feel. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a long one. But hey, we're here and we're alive. We're here. And that's all we can say on that matter. I yep. think. I my uh, rehearsals started up again for uh, some theater stuff that I'm stage managing for. Um, so my Thursdays don't exist anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I've just been waist deep in tapping for a musical. <laughs> waist and deep in tapping. Waist deep in tapping, baby. Um, so is that like I, you're just up to your up to your nards and like tap shoes? See, I, I was I, I was the, my first instinct was to say balls deep, but then I thought <laughs> maybe that's not great. <laughs> balls deep in tapping. Balls deep in tapping, but then it gets you thinking like how like is it like I'm just standing in like tapping so deep that it's up to my balls or is it like mm. the other balls deep which is you're incredible. tapping so hard your feet are breaking through the floor until you're down to your and, balls until and, and i'm down to my balls yeah, yeah. Balls um deep in tapping in high school this is a conversation we're having yeah <laughs> in uh this is a fun little story in high school uh, i had a friend named ashby who um we did thoroughly modern millie my junior year for uh the musical and he was cast in the role as uh, Trevor Graydon. And he had to tap, but Ashby didn't have tap shoes. So what he did was just took a pair of dress shoes and taped quarters to the bottom of the heels. <laughs> Good. It kind of worked. Until our director went, Ashby, can I see your shoes for a second? And they, they saw this and were just like, we're just going to get you tap shoes, okay? <laughs> Hey, points for ingenuity, really? Oh, for sure. But like that just that just jumped out at me. I have another another small segment for you. Oh, Zach. hit me! Oh, hit me uh, with it. It is it is our second time where we have some pet news. Okay, hit me with the pet news, baby. This headline uh, comes to us from. Uh, it, it, this this was from uh, er, later in January. Um, headline reads, 
North Carolina Animal Shelter seeks forever home for, quote-unquote, world's worst cat. I've seen this, I think. <laughs> is it the cat that's just the, the biggest grumpus ever? The byline is, or the subtitle is, quote, we thought she was sick. Turns out she's just a jerk. <laughs> and it, it, it basically, yeah, there's an animal shelter uh, that was talking about being brutally honest in the adoption ad for what they describe as the world's worst cat. And it's the uh, adoption ad itself that is quality. There's two pictures of this cat listed. It's kind of like a black and white coloration, like white on the face, black on the ears, black along the back. Um, one one picture she's like sitting up, and one she's kind of like cat loafing. She looks evil and angry in both of them. <laughs> yeah, no, just very surly. So uh, the ad reads, uh, meet Perdita, not for the faint of heart. <laughs> It's a great start already. I love it. Like Likes. Staring into your soul until you feel as if you may never be cheerful again. The song Cat Scratch Fever. Good. The movie Pet Cemetery. Jump scares. Lur- lurking in dark corners. Being the queen of her domicile. Fooling shelter staff into thinking she's sick. Vet agrees she's just a jerk. Dislikes. The color pink. Kittens. Dogs, children, the Dixie Chicks, <laughs> Disney movies, Christmas, and last but not least, hugs. Good. She's single and ready to be socially awkward with a socially awkward human who understands personal space. Free adoption. This one off get Perdita a good home. Yeah. Uh, office manager told uh, the reporter she is quote unquote Perdita is just all out awful <laughs> she pretends like she wants you to pet her and love on her as soon as you pick her up she starts growling she will swat you <laughs> this cat uh, <laughs> so not not terribly like groundbreaking not like Diego but I just I, I did a quick Google search for pet news and this is one of the first things that came up I'm like that I can that's kill, golden I can I can kill two minutes with this oh this is golden oh fantastic uh, oh well with manzies. that that iteration of pet news I think it's time to dive into that episode pet news it's beautiful. Uh, yes. So, not only, friends, do we love to delve into various different universes and planes of existence, but we also like to delve into different timelines. And that's, that's what we're doing here today. Mm-hmm. You see, in an alternate timeline of this here United States of America, mm-hmm. um, the world was ravaged by, you know, nuclear war and whatnot. Yeah. Um, as Ron Perlman says at the beginning, war never changes. And, uh... So Is that here, Ron Perlman who says that's, that? That's Ron Perlman, baby. Oh, shit. Yeah, Ron Perlman. Remember when he was just sort of in everything for a while? and then I, I love Ron Perlman. Dude, I miss Ron Perlman. He's Hellboy. He, he's Hellboy, and he's Fire Lord uh, Sozin. And... He's a really good uh, uh, like two-episode character in NBC's The Blacklist. Yeah, he is a lot of uh, cartoon death strokes. Um, yeah, but war. Yeah. War yes. never changes. War never changes. And if you recognize that quote, then you're a step ahead of us, because we're talking about the Fallout universe. Oh, the world of Fallout. That weird alternate America where everything's dark and fucked up. Let's also, do like, it! But, all, <laughs> but also, like, really campy at the same time. Yeah. Oh, man. Nuka-Cola. The so rocket launcher. Please. Yeah. 
if you're uninitiated to the Fallout universe, uh, Fallout, I think it's only, it's, it's like, unlike The Witcher, where it's like books and games, and now a, f- a popular Netflix TV series. Yes. Um, Fallout's, I think, just games. I think right? so, too, yeah. Maybe there might be some fiction on the side, but um, Fallout has its own timeline, and the main games take place at various points within the timeline. Um, we are going to be covering creatures that pop up in different points in the timeline, so we'll be sure to reference that, uh, reference the games they hail from uh, in the timeline. But, yeah, as Zach said, Fallout's basically an alternate universe America where we were ravaged by nuclear war while the culture of, like, well, what is, like, the 50s is kind of, like, still popping? Yeah, like, the 50s, 60s, yeah. Like, the very, oh, shucksy doodle, down, down mm-hmm. home... Uh, peachy keen mom and pop sort of thing. Yeah, the like high World War Two patriotism. Yeah, and all that noise is yeah. still like the the reigning culture. The music is all still like the campy like jazz and stuff like that. But then there's nuclear monsters that pop out of the woodwork. So you know, and yeah, um, and cannibals and and weird homemade guns and yeah, radi- radioactive bugs and. Just a whole bunch of bad shit. Just a whole mess of things that, well, frankly, we wanted to kind of kind of get into. So, yeah, honestly. <laughs> so here we are to, to talk about those with you, our friends. Yes. So let's dive in. First and let's foremost, we've got, uh, uh, Griff and I believe both agree here, it's probably the mm. most quintessential creature that you'd find in the Commonwealth. I'm trying to think of every other sort of setting that these games take place in. New Vegas. The Capital Wasteland. The Capital Wasteland. The West Coast. The the West Coast. Coast. The what the the Appalachia. Yeah. Um, and that is the Death Claw. The Death Claw is what what would you say? Maybe like nine, ten feet tall? Yeah. Sort of lumbering beast. (laughs) Uh it's got it is I believe kind of reptilian. Like, it's got sort of a like this mottled gray, like scaled skin. Um, yeah, like, I yeah yeah yeah. I I would agree with reptile. Reptil reptilian in in in, in sort of yeah. Uh, very certainly sort of, not mammalian. Not mammalian. That's true. Uh, it is bipedal. Um, sort of a a hunched over kind of uh, uh posture. Its arms and shoulders are just massive. Uh, its head horrifying with two large horns that sort of swoop Ooh. forward. I don't. A uh, uh, quick, quick thing, just because I I pulled up a reference photo, and um, this claims that death claws are twenty feet tall. Oh, they're twenty feet tall. Apparently, I think they can range. They have sort of for sure, like insects. You know, they have the the, the foot soldiers, the and then like the queen, yeah. and... <laughs> the Mac Daddy Deathclaw. They can get pretty big, but yes, uh, at the end of those giant beefy arms, uh, the hands, uh, every finger is just armed to the teeth with just a very long, sharp claw. Thus a death claw, if you name. will. A yeah. death claw. <laughs> their feet, they, they've got sort of the raptor-esque, uh, oh god, what's the, the name for that claw? I can't like, remember it the, right now. The, the dew claw? I don't have no idea. Maybe? I have no idea. You know, the the, the big arcing one. You, you, you see in Jurassic Park clicking on the, clicking on the floor. Very intimidating-like. Um, yeah. 
And these things, man, they they real scurry. They're very fast. They're very strong. They can climb. They can swim. They can kind of kill you no matter where you're at, which isn't great. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of wherever. They're immune. Nowhere is safe. They're immune to all forms of radiation. So no matter where you are in the wasteland, they can get to you. No matter how souped up in a a radiation-free suit you are, they will be able to find you. Uh, They've their ability. They're pretty good with a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They have very keen senses, so Mm -hmm. tracking is very simple for them. Uh, They will find you. They will kill you. Once they got you in their massive claws, you're pretty much done. They like to take a nice bite out of people they capture. Apparently, they they have a very uh, advanced fight or flight uh, response. What I'm looking at here, uh, once they uh, feel real cornered, they just go even more buck wild. Hooray. Hooray. Berserker Deathclaw. Yes. No, they're very good at, at pouncing onto people. They have a very powerful jump, so they can get pretty far. These things are sort of the ultimate killing machine, but then also factor in the fact that they can regenerate pretty quickly. Ah. So not only can they kill you very fast, any wounds that you cause them in that short amount of time will probably heal within, like, by the time you've been eaten. Death claws, baby. If I'm remembering right, I think death claws were, like, like artificially engineered. Like, they were, they were, like... Intended, you know, militaries fucking with shit and tried to make a killing machine, and then the bad thing, the bombs happened, and death claws were just kind of released upon the wasteland. Oh man! Well, hey, if they, I'm remembering my lore right, they succeeded in yeah. creating. It's one of those things, like in in po- the first Pokemon movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Yeah. When you know they, they Mewtwo, who is you know like a a sort of uh, supposed to be a, an advanced clone of, of the Pokemon Mew, um, right. realizes that he he uh, become gains pretty much sentience and is mm-hmm. like, why am I in a tube? I could be more than this. And they're like, yeah. we created the world's strongest Pokemon, and we <laughs> succeeded. And then they blow up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, like that. Way to go! It's like you're damn hubris. Now I'm getting. <laughs> eaten by a thing with claws as long as my arm. There's a great line in the thing that I'm reading about death claws that says um, a death claw is not as fast as a quadrupedal quadrupedal animal, though this is largely an academic concern. (laughs) Because it doesn't fucking matter. Yes. They will find you and they will kill you. Well, like, also, yeah, like, like, look, they could run about twice as fast as you and I could. Um, Which, like, there's probably a bunch of dumbass humans that are just wandering the wastelands ready for these things to gobble up. Oh, yeah. If we learned anything from uh, our Big Boys episodes, it's that there are always idiots who are going to try to hunt and kill things bigger than them and fail. Yes. Every time. um, Every time. Without fail. Oh, boy. So, is there... So what can we hmm, what can we do about death claws? What can do, we do about death claws? Because well, I see, don't know if they have the capacity for friendship. 
Well, I don't know. Or if it's something like, like you know, they, there are, like I said, like the Alpha Death Claw. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a way maybe we can get some some horm- some pheromones oh. or something. Yeah, yeah, kind of kind of get that essence. So they're like, Re- oh, you're my alpha. Okay. Yeah. Regardless, I think it's going to be a a, a risky endeavor. It will be a risky endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me see here. They are pack animals. There you go. The leadership role assumed by the alpha pair, the strongest male and female. Okay. The remainder of the pack follows the leader. Blah, blah, blah. Um, what the fuck? What? Death he- claws communicate. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Death claws communicate with each other in packs using growls and body language that they are also capable of mimicking human voices like a parrot if their intelligence is artificially increased. Oh, man. Oh, like that up. shit. That's messed up. Oh, <laughs> no. Not only are they fast, not only are they strong, but they can also kind of talk. Uh, they're very territorial. They may settle into abandoned areas. They opt for territories away from inhabited areas. Once it claims a territory, a pack is increasingly difficult to dislodge. The alpha male will not abandon the claimed territory even if the pack mother is killed, while the alpha female will simply just choose another male to procreate. <laughs> Cutthroat. Cutthroat, I dig uh, it. Ooh, relationships with humans. While Deathclaws do not actively seek out human habitats to attack, human expansion inevitably leads the two species to uh, contact, usually by accident. Deathclaws are incredibly dangerous to humans, no matter how well they are protected. Even Brotherhood of Steel patrols are known to suffer major casualties if they walk into Deathclaw territories unaware. The Enclave sought to exploit their fierce instincts and ferocity and use them as cheap, expendable troops for use in hostile environments. Uh, they focused on using artificially increasing intelligence of Deathclaws, succeeding in creating a single pack of modified, intelligent Deathclaws, intended only to be smart enough to follow orders issued by their handlers. But it then, you know, of course, went horribly wrong. Yeah, obviously. Um, they were... <laughs> oh, God. So, the devices were surgically implanted into a captive Deathclaws brain and skull, allowing Enclave troops to issue commands to the fierce reptiles as if they were pets. Of course, even without human interference, Deathclaws are a continuing hazard in the Wasteland. Despite efforts of hunter teams, they continue to set up nests throughout the Wastelands. So, hmm. Look, if you're you know, living at home and just want a nice, friendly pal, Deathclaws probably not for you. This ain't it, Chief. However, if you are you know, one of our more you know, evil-aligning customers mm-hmm, and are maybe mm-hmm. looking... To set up a, a base of operations near a Deathclaw den and sort of maybe set up, like, not traps, but lures yeah. to, like, kind of have the Deathclaws patrol for you. That's not a bad that idea, That might work actually. out for you. That's a pretty good idea, Zekro. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Maybe I'm evil at heart. Oh. 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 Is the cannon developing? <laughs> Um, there's one more thing I want to read real quick Deathclaw eggs are a known delicacy used to make omelets that are highly nourishing and delicious at the same time it's like very dangerous caviar really dangerous caviar (laughs) forbidden caviar forbidden caviar (laughs) 
Is that Melody's third favorite band? Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. That's good. All right. Well, does that does that cap th- off Death Claws? I think that caps off Death Claws. All right. Cool. 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 Let's uh, move on to. I've got I've got a personal a personal favorite of mine. Oh, hit us uh, with it, please, and thank you. Okay, so not only are there uh, horrible radiation proof uh, murder machine creatures in the wasteland, uh, based due to the technological advancements of the world pre nuclear apocalypse, there are a fair amount of robots that are still kicking out there, and uh, a personal favorite of mine is the combat model Mr. Gutsy. Mr. Gutsy? Mr. Gutsy is the combat variant of the popular Mr. Handy service and maintenance bot. Start with a, like, a central sphere Mm -hmm. with kind of like a cylindrical-shaped thruster coming down from below. Yep, yep. Uh, There are three eyes on sort of, like, hinges, like basically like a mic arm. Yeah. (laughs) That come out to give it some, some vision. And then three arms, almost like robo tentacles that kind of have that uh, bend and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Jointed. Flexible. Yes, jointed. Thank you, doy. Uh, Where they have various attachments on the end of the tentacles. So for Mr. Handy, it would be, you know, like maybe a screwdriver or like a grasping claw so they can pick up your coffee for you. For Mr. Gutsy, it's like a flamethrower and like just a gun. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. They are fitted with rocket thrusters that allow them to hover across ground. They have the three optical sensors. Uh, their main appendage loadouts are a manipulator pincer, a plasma caster, which is like a... Um, kind of like just like a plasma gun. It shoots hot plasma. It, yeah, you know. Yeah, but it can double as like a welding device oh, or like a that's smart. or like can like pierce through, you know, like like cut through metal sheets. Yeah, plasma cutter. Yeah. Um but also a gun. Yeah. <laughs> and then a flamethrower. Good. They are protected with moderately heavy armor, uh which makes them pretty difficult to dispatch versus like small arms fire and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Um Yeah, Mr. Gutsy's are the other thing I forgot about. The other thing that Mr. Gutsy's are really make them really special. They're they're robots, so they have like an, an artificial intelligence. Yeah. Um, and in tandem with that, a personality. So you have the Mr. Handies, which just kind of sound like a British butler, a British gentleman. Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, hello, sir. Can I bring you your coffee this morning? And here's the morning paper. Yes, uh, yes, Gov. All that nonsense. Yes. Um, Mr. Gutsies. Let me back up. In the, at least the, the Gutsies that I know are from Fallout 3, which take place in the Capital Wasteland, which is Washington, D.C., post-apocalypse. Post-apocalypse, um, yes. Um, I be- if I'm remembering my timeline right, at the, uh, the big, the big buildup to the war was U.S. versus China. Um, and so there's a lot of, like, anti-communism propaganda spreading around well, yeah. in this timeline. Well, especially because the 50s and 60s were being of, like, Cold War sort of era. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you know, it was all about fighting the Reds and shit like that. Mr. Gutsy's AI personality is exactly that. <laughs> he's he's a some... down-home American. 
Yeah, no, they're they're down home, big brash Americans with big old guns that are gonna shoot holes straight through their commie heads. And I have some quotes here. Oh, please read them all. <laughs> that I'm gonna do my best, Mister Gutsy impression. I'm gonna listen to this one real quick. Yeah. So uh, I want you to also imagine this through like a filter of like a robotic, a sort of synthetic, you know, like yeah, 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 yeah. So this one simply says. Who's ready to have their ass kicked? <laughs> I want you to imagine a floating spherical robot with three tentacle arms with a flamethrower and a plasma gun on them, rounding a corner into the room, firing up a flamethrower and saying, who's ready to get their ass kicked? It's <laughs> very good. Another, another favorite is, you better run, you commie-loving bastard. <laughs> All, all things like this. They they give the big marine hua a lot. Oh, good. Um, when they're when they're uh, deactivating, when they're powering down for uh, rest to to recharge, they say unit deactivating. This troop is hitting the rack. <laughs> oh God. And a lot of these were also, like, references to certain movies and things like that yeah. at the time. So, like, he does say, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Good. Incredible Hulk. Um, Probably a lot uh, of Full Metal Jacket in there. Um, there is a... They, he does call people maggots a lot. Yeah. Um, What's your major malfunction, maggot? <laughs> it's good shit. Um, there's a... Uh, yeah, uh, 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 <laughs> there's actually the one Full Metal Jacket quote is when the thing is destroyed. Actually, <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of sad. He says, "Box me up and ship me home. Pin my medals on my chest and tell Mama I did my best." Oh my god. <laughs> um, there's nothing better than the smell of fresh plasma in the morning. That's classic. Yeah, apocalypse now. Um, every day is a good day to die. <laughs> The last one was a quote from real world general General Patton from okay. World War II. There's nothing I like better than making some other poor bastard die for his country. <laughs> yeah. That's a rough one. Hey, propaganda's bullshit. Hey. Yep. Hey, hey, war sucks. <laughs> Just figured I'd get that out of the way. Hey, no, that was our that was our our one allotted political statement of the show, I guess. Yeah, um, <laughs> there are some like Mr. Gutsies that do in in fiction that do have names like like they're they're well known Mr. Gutsies mm-hmm. um, from the, from the simple Private Jones and Deputy Steel to Sawbones, <laughs> who I'm pretty sure is like a medical like surgeon. Oh yeah, uh, not, yeah Mr. He's Gutsy. Got, he's got like a saw blade on one of his arms. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It has is, is painted like white and red. Yeah, um, yeah. Saw. I believe he works at the Citadel. Yeah. Oh, man. Designed for combat medicine. Yeah, here's um, my question to you. Yes, sir. If you had a Mr. Gutsy, what mm-hmm. would you have on his three arms? Mm. I think you got I think the the grasping tool is just kind of a given. It's an it's necessary. He needs to be able to pick up new guns. Yes. <laughs> and and you know, help you loot and just kind of open doors and things like that. Because, man, that's going to be the... If you have a Mr. Gutsy that can't get through a door without blowing it up, then, like... Mm. What's the point? I mean, that could be a way to go if you were just, like, a big and brash kind of thing. But, hmm. I don't want to just go so along the, the vanilla, but the plasma cutter is so useful. Hmm. If I could, 
I think I would go for like a I'd tack on like a missile launcher instead okay. of like a instead of like a flamethrower cuz I like I like to I feel like my wasteland approach would be like I'm a long range fighter. Mm-hmm. I like to ha- I like to hang back, lay low. And so my gutsy will be for like, oh, I got spotted. Light him up. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty and good. And then and then instead of the plasma cutter, maybe like ooh, maybe like a some sort of radar functionality, like a Ooh. scanner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could, because again, if I'm like, if I'm making like a like a a night ops gutsy, yeah, then then something like that. I Ooh, a night be. ops guts, gutsy. That's yeah. a new variant, I think. Yeah, black ops gutsy. Each of his his, <laughs> his, his optical sensors has a, a night vision goggle on it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the flips down. Yeah, it's painted blackout. And yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? What, what would your gutsy be? Um, oh god, what's the thing that shoots the mini nukes? Oh, a fat man. A fat man. Yeah, have a fat man on the, there. The the mini nuke catapult. Yes, the the, the slingshot. Yeah. Um, that so fires the, a literal pocket sized nuclear bomb. Yes. So one of those. <laughs> cool, rad. Um, Natch. W- maybe a, a small mini gun. Just just. Oh this is gonna be, You're I think, a, a bigger than average, uh, Mister Gutsy's. This is a heavy arms. Gutsy. Oh, this is the this heavy is arms a, Gutsy. Yeah. This is you need like a, another thruster on this back. Oh, boy, definitely. So he's so got he he's fly. got a, a tripod of thrusters underneath him. <laughs> Just yeah. Um, and then the other one is a banjo. Okay. Because just imagine this guy walk into a room like, light him up, and it turns, <laughs> and it just <laughs> mows down the whole room. The grasper tool. How is he playing the banjo? He's heavy duty. He'll just plow through the door. <laughs> He's got three Bang. thrusters. Just no. How does he? No. How does he play the banjo though? Oh, it it, it, it I don't know. There's or is it like an electric banjo? Yeah, you know, itself? like how a con like a like a player piano sort of plays itself. <laughs> it, it's a player banjo. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, you got me. <laughs> but then, or it, it nukes, you know, sends a mini nuke to a, a group of, of uh, uh, raiders, and as the the small mushroom cloud hits the air, it's like, you know, like the like the Titanic, you know, the, the violinists going down with the ship, like, yeah. plays a little ditty in honor of the people that he just blew up. Ding, 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 ding. ding, ding. <laughs> Yeah, holy shit! A banjo. Okay, okay. That's that's my so, Mister Gutsy. We have made two new Mister Gutsy variants. Um, if you come into the shop and use the uh, <laughs> heavy arms the, and black ops, there we go. If you come into the shop and mention this ad, you can get twenty five percent off your build a Gutsy package. Oh man! Every yo every mall in in America. To start, at least, we gotta get a, mm-hmm. build a gutsy. 
build a gutsy. We'll have it right it's across like, from Build a Bear, and we can flip off the employees all the time. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. What what the the poorly kept secret of the Build a Gutsy Foundation is that if you if you actually open up your Mister Gutsy into its internals, there's a little heart in there. Yeah, <laughs> a heart for every Gutsy. <laughs> God, you're so fucking funny. I love you. <laughs> Thanks, bud. All right. Well, so I think um, it's time for an ad. I think it's time for an ad. Let's roll on over to um, our our returning sponsor, our friends over at Annie Mount. Uh, so uh, let's take let's let's pass it over to them, shall roll we? Roll it on over. Has this ever happened to you? My husband took our only steed out on his month-long poker retreat, and now I don't have a way to get to the market for fresh produce and cheeses. Now the children will only have bland tubers to eat. How will they grow big and strong while husband is away? What am I supposed to do? Or what about this? There was an evildoer escaping that I was in hasty pursuit of. But despite my God-granted semblance of authority, no one would let me commandeer their horse. I had to chase them on foot, like a peasant! Do you have any idea how foolish I looked? I got mud on my cape. My cape! And the evildoer escaped. Now I have to spend all my hard-earned coins on dry cleaning. Nothing could be worse than this. For eons, humble folk and heroes alike have found themselves in need of a steed. Alas, their geographical locale, or the heavy weight of poverty, makes that need impossible to fill. Well, no longer. Anything and everything can become your new rideable friend with the Annie Mount. The Annie Mount is a lightweight tote bag that folds out into a comfortable, stylish saddle that when placed upon any inanimate object, animates it into a loyal mount that can take you and your belongings anywhere. The saddle carefully analyzes the object, ensuring the magical limbs it grows are in the most efficient and tasteful spots for maximum speed and stability. Just hop on your new faithful steed and tell it where you'd like to go. It's as easy as riding a weird living bike. The Annie Mount's patented planar positioning sigils ensure automated travel and 98.5% arrival accuracy. The Annie Mount device comes in a variety of sizes, from pixies to giants. We've got you saddled. We offer a number of Animount packages for any budget. The Gotta Go system creates sturdy legs for those simple trips to the store. The Hydro Thunder system features additional aquatic adaptations for land and sea. The BFW system sprouts the most glorious of wings for unparalleled aerial freedom. And lastly, the Street Racer system for our more modern customers turns anything you wish into a fresh-to-death hoopty. Visit PetShopCast.com and use the promo code ZachRobIsHandsome to get 25% off your first of many orders. Got some place to be? Any mount, any time. And we're back! All right. What a word from our sponsor, Annie Mount. Hey, thanks, folks. Um, hey, thank you so much. Any mount would be actually probably hella useful in the wasteland. Oh my goodness, for real though, you find just like a flaming barrel, like tip it over, slap that any mount on there, just start rolling. You got a cool flaming mount. No, oh, de- yeah. no death claw is gonna want to mess with you on a flaming mount. I mean, please, no, no siree, Bob. Weird centaur thing. Forget it. Forget about it. Those guys are gross anyway. I don't want to deal with Man. that. 
They're super nasty. Super yeah. mutants, roll super. right on by. Never mind. But anyway, folks, we do have a listener question. Uh, a, 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 a little help, a little call for help from your pet shop boys. Indeed. Um, um, and, uh, yeah, why don't you take it away there, Griff? Yeah, our uh, friend and patron, Nate C, at Batman is Cool 100 on Twitter, has hit us up. Hey, Pet Shop Cast, one of my player characters is in need of a great new pet, and we are coming to you for help. Gif, I'm assuming is the character's That's name. That's the name, yeah. Uh, is a poor, muscular, former boxer from Wright Town, an oppressive on the downtrodden, yet glorious for the rich town of debauchery in the Fallout world. His only family, his uncle and two nephews, have been kidnapped. Again. And his girl has been doing her best to keep the shop running, but bills are starting to pile up. He has decided to gather his old boxing buddies to form uh, from the town and form a union. And says in parentheses, Mafia. (laughs) And make his family name feared once again. Bombs and bullets and fists are the only way to get ahead in this dog-eat-town world. Sorry, dog-eat-town. Dog-eat-dog-town. And he wants a pet to add to that persona. Got anything radiation-resistant? And that's from Nate C. So, Nate, as we has done... Uh, God. As we is... As we has done... <laughs> as we have done before on this show, when there is a, uh, a question such as this, where we work tirelessly to find the right answer, we boil it down to two creatures that Zach and I just simply cannot agree upon. No, of course not. And that's where we hit a new... Clash of the Creatures! 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 Very good. It's very good. Awesome. All right, cool. So first, my contribution to this question, for your consideration, Mr. Batman is cool, 100, our dear friend Nancy, is the Gator Claw. The Gator Claw, which can Mm. be found in the Nuka Land? Uh, Nuka... Nuka Nuka World? World? Nuka World. Nuka World expansion of Fallout 4 is yeah. comparable to a Deathclaw, but with some with some variations. The Gataclaw, very fast on land, even faster in the water, because it is Gator, uh-huh. is immune to radiation. So, boom, one big point in my favor, I'd like to say. Okay, okay, okay. Much like uh, the Death Claw has a very developed fight or flight response when it's uh, been hurt a bit, it tends to get even more rough and tumble. So you know, it's going to be tough. It can regenerate as well, much like our dear friend the Death Claw uh, can jump very far. Has can hold its breath for very long periods of time because again, mm. he is Gator. <laughs> Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And also, if it gets a hold of you, does do the death roll. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. It does tend to death roll people, which Not is the death roll. one of the, the gnarliest things about gators that I oh. love. So, yes, they are you know, much like a death claw, you know, tall, uh, bipedal, have that sort of, you know, like, like T-Rex style, like three-toed. Bigfoot, yeah. Um, also, sort of hunched over. Imagine just a, a a big, brawny, sort of killer crocodile style, uh, monster, and you've got a gator claw. Yeesh. Yes, yeesh indeed. I will say they're probably as hard to control as a death claw is, but if hey, if you're 
Young, dumb, and full of you know, you might be able to pull it off. I just punched my microphone a little bit. Sorry for everyone at home. So, there's there's one. There's one. The Gator Claw. We'll get to the debate in a moment. My contribution to the Clash of the Creatures is a creature hailing from the Mojave Wasteland of Fallout New Vegas, and that is the Cazador. Cazador. Cazadors are these insectoid, mutated creatures. Uh, two sets of these amber-orange wings, a blue-black carapace, blood-red eyes. They are uh, pretty fucking scary, if I say so myself. Yeah. Cazador, for those who don't know, translates from Spanish to hunter. They are capable of a poisonous sting, where... Um, you're familiar with the Fallout world uh, and rad scorpions, right? These yeah. big mutated scorpions. Oh, yeah, they're real gross. They're pretty dangerous, right, wouldn't you say? Yeah, they're slow, though, so I, I tend to run away from them. It's true, it's true. Because trying to kill them takes forever. Mm-hmm. The sting from a cazador does more physical damage than a giant rad scorpion and causes, th- and its poison is three times as potent. Oh, that's not great. They are extremely fast. And hard to escape, unless they're uh, and hard to escape from, unless their wings have been crippled. They tend to attack in large swarms as well, covering oh. a large area. How big are these bad boys? Uh, they can range to the giant size. Uh, sorry, a giant casador, which would translate to a large creature in our Forgotten Realms terminology. Um, but standard Cazadors are about, like, six to seven feet from toe to tip. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) they are, they have an erratic flight pattern, meaning that they can, they're, A, incredibly hard to hit, and it's difficult to get, like, lasting damage on them because they just kind of zip and bip around everywhere. Are they dragonfly-esque in, like, the... A, a little bit. Not so much in the biology, but their wings. They've got those those two pairs of wings that kind yeah. of alternate in flight. So, yeah, their wings are kind of dragonfly-esque. They're very fast in the air, uh, as as you might expect. Pretty potent. They are faster than they are strong. So this is mm-hmm. kind of a strength versus speed fight, which I always am a fan of. Um, and they only do better together. They fight well in packs and swarms. There you go. And it's just hella poisonous. Um, also are radiation resistant, uh, or immune. Oh, there we go. And poison immune. Ooh. Since they are, you know. Poisonous themselves. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. They're, um, pretty fucking nasty. And personally, my least favorite thing to fight in Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> oh man! See, I that that's fair. Yeah. Look, it's a it's a good matchup. Yeah. Hey, you you argue. I will say, time for the argument side here. Yep, yep, you did yep, yep. argue a, a speed versus strength thing. Yeah. But Gator Claw's pretty quick, man. How 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 fast are we talking here? Um, so it is worth mentioning that Zach and I found this, um, I, I don't know, I don't see an author on this anywhere, but it's a wiki dot that, um, made Fallout creatures using 5e stat blocks. So we're using that as kind of a reference point for some of these. Um, it's fallout, it's 5efallout.wikidot.com. So, uh, using these statistics, uh, 
Casador has a 50-foot fly speed. A giant Casador has a 60-foot fly speed. Gotcha. The Gator Claw's got a 40-foot land speed and a 50-foot swim speed. I didn't hear a fly speed in there, though. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have wings. Yeah. I'm just saying, I didn't hear a fly speed in there. I, I mean, it's got to come down to the th- to, to the Gator to attack it anyway. This is fair, but it does have flyby, so it can swoop down, sting you, swoop out without provoking opportunity attacks. This is fair. This is fair. Does your... Are we going to have to duke this out? Well, here's the thing. As as much as I would love to see a a Cazador, a giant insect, fight a giant T-Rex gator, I don't think we should focus on them fighting each other. I think the clash should really come down to what would serve GIF better. This is fair. This is fair. As much as I would like to duke this out, I think that this, this is more of a... This is an old school clash of the creatures of what better suits suits, uh, suits the customers and, and not purposes. and not so much a slugfest as our last class of the clash of the creatures as, as fun as that was that was um, quite the, quite a good time yeah if you want to see what would happen if a phoenix fought a night a night stalker um, go check out uh, petshopcast.com and it says it right in the title of that episode so there you go um, Cazadors, I think are. There, I I will grant you this that just straight up, the Gator Claw has the more intimidating silhouette. Yes, but here's 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 actually a question I want to ask. What is the are are they amphibious? Do they need water to survive? They do not need water to survive. They can okay. hold their breath for long periods of time in water, um, but they do not need to live in water. Okay. Okay. I will say just based on size and physique that the Gator Claw does does have the more imposing stature. They do, they do have a frightful presence. Now that's just bullshit. Mechanically speaking here. Um, but I think just in terms of function and Gif is a he's a boxer. He already has the strength on his side. What would really round out his skill set and would round out uh, the the strengths and the the capabilities of his quote unquote union is a cazador or two that can fly circles around scope things out can really threaten people with you can beat someone up that's fine but the threat of a poison that you can't like getting an antidote super hard to get that's crazy and these things are just lightning fast I will argue that, yes, getting punched a bunch is one thing. Uh-huh. However, getting death ruled by a giant dinosaur gator man, that's a little more intimidating. Like, I, look, if you roll up with your crew and you start talking to whatever you know, uh, 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 enemy mafioso you're facing off with, okay, uh-huh. and you're like... Making some threats are going back and forth, and then you snap your fingers, in walks your giant gator claw. People are like, "Oh man!" And you're like, "Hey, you want to see what this bad boy can do to you?" And you produce like a haunch of meat, a brahmin <laughs> maybe, mm-hmm. that you toss over your shoulder, and this thing just goes to town, ripping it to shreds, really showing off the 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 viscera. And and the the flesh rending abilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh man, you're you're not gonna cross that person because you don't want to get gator clawed. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I don't know if there's much water around Wright Town, so I don't know what the that's the fair. frequency of the death roll will be. If you're in a bayou area, I mean, for sure, even, for sure. Yeah, look, in water, death roll, or just like on the ground, by the thing <laughs> rolled around a bunch, like. <laughs> Sorry, the, the visual of that is silly in my head. Yes, no, it's very funny um, to think of it flopping around on the floor. But, yeah. like, I mean, I, I feel like it'd produce a similar result. Yeah. Huh. I know. It's tough. It's tough, but Cazadors, I think, have... There is a there is a certain... The, the, the threat that you don't see, in my mind, is scarier than the one that you do see. And that's, the th- that, that's a Cazador Kaz- lurking in the shadows. You just see those insectoid eyes and hear the quick thrumming of its wings. If if Gif is looking for fear, and not just simple intimidation, but true heart grasping fear, I think it's got to be the Cazador. See, I, I think it depends on, on locale. I think that sure. could be a, a very large factor here. Because, you know, if you, I don't know, it was Wright Town. If Wright Town's, you know, a, a bayou town. Wright Town is located in New Reno. Wait, no, sorry. The Wrights are a faction in New Reno. I don't yeah, really know where Wright Town is. Look. It might, it, might be a, it might be a Nate C original. That's fair. Look. I'm I'm gonna play a scenario out for you. All right, you're at you're at right, right town in my mind. Maybe it's a bayou town. Okay, you you you, you okay. start taking taking sure. your the, you know the, this uh this rat you know has been given secrets to the other mobs. Sorry, the unions in town. Air quotes. Mm-hmm. You take them on a on a a walk down the down the the the, the dock here. And you have them turn around, and it's like, "Oh, I'm about to shoot you!" And they're like, "Whoa, buddy! I only did it for for my for my brother. He he's he's sick." And it's like, "Oh yeah, sure, pal." And then out of the the murky depths bursts this big creature, and just like rips you off the dock and and takes you in the into the water. That was, it wasn't as colorful as I thought <laughs> the story would be. Um, <laughs> I think I get your point, though. Yeah, it depends on locale, I think, is my point I'm trying to make here. Sure, sure, sure. I'm just saying that universally, I think Cazadors are scary everywhere. I think they have the more, I think they have the greater the greater benefit to them. They can fly, they don't need any sort of specific, like, climb or anything like that to, to truly lock in their effectiveness. Plus, a I... lot of people are afraid of bugs. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we leave that up to Nate C and GIF. Yeah. 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 Well, Nate, I hope we helped. Uh, <laughs> here's, ho- here's hoping. If you, um, if you send GIF our way, um, we can, we'll, we'll send you a portal stone uh, free of charge. And uh, if you send GIF on over, whatever choice he decides to make, you can expect a handsome 5% discount. Oh, very, very handsome. Um, and depending on the time of year, we might even throw in a free, for additional charge, mm-hmm. leash. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and complimentary tags. For an additional charge. 
Yes. Yes. Compl- complimenting us. Yes, it's for us. Yes. They, they, yes. they say Zach and Griffin are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, that, that's what, why they're complimenting. It has our, brand, it has our branding on it. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, everybody, I think that is going to uh, wrap things up for us today. Uh, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed uh, our first bout, our first romp through the Fallout universe. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd like to hear more from us in the talking about the Fallout universe, let us know on Twitter at PetShopCast. Or if there's any other fiction, universe, what have you that you think we should explore, let us know. Yeah, send us a DM and uh, we'll be glad to... Uh... To hash it out in that classic Zack and Griffin style. Yeah. And as mentioned on a previous episode, we ask you guys if you have player characters or a, a player character of yourself that you're looking for a pet for in any sort of game system. Uh, that's exactly what Nate did, and we're happy to answer those questions. It's mm-hmm. a ton of fun for us and helpful for you guys, so it's a win-win all around. You can let us know more of that, again, at the same Twitter, at PetShopCast. Fantastic. Well, until next time, everybody, I've been Zach. I have been Griffin, in fact. And just remember, everybody, at the end of the day. Why? It it is all about love, baby. It's all about love, everybody, no matter where you are in the Fallout world. Thank you all for listening to episode 32 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and the fantastic people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you today to our patrons Nate C., Jeremy, Zan, and Nathan N. for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode and until then, keep being the beautiful badasses I know you are and remember the pet shop. The pet shop never changes. That's not true. We've got new shit like every week. Okay, bye. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.